a man with money is no match for a man on a mission. A reefer right. with money is no match for a reefer on a mission. 100% true. Yeah, today's inspiration for uh, uh, from Doyle, man, and you wouldn't believe how much of this flies it from, from right gambling in. to reefing. And <laughs> I, I really, as we explore this, continue to think that Reefing is a form of gambling, man. You're just making educated bets, and yeah. uh, every outcome is a little bit of a gamble. So if right? you're really good at this hobby, you probably should go play some poker, go to the casino. Probably. <laughs> Actually, we play poker at the... I do like uh, poker. At the, uh, like, um, uh, and yeah. uh, Reef of can find us. <laughs> uh, okay, so a man or a reefer with no money is a ma is no match for a reefer on a mission and so that's just true like you can spend an infinite amount of dollars on lighting uh, or really anything else yeah. and not achieve the same results as somebody who is going to win intelligently uh, intelligently brute force uh, it is, is my goal to solve this I'm on a mission to solve it and mm -hmm. I'll listen to all the information that it takes to solve it and then apply it Okay, so they might spend money. But they also might DIY their own LED board. Yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah. You know, you can do all kinds of different things. Uh, but, like, it doesn't require money to be successful here. Uh, you can just choose to do it through uh, a sheer amount of wisdom and Willpower. intelligence. You could figure out the light that works terrible at 8 inches, install it at 24 inches off the tank, and just make it work. <laughs> all right. There's a... Uh, an opposing viewpoint on this one, which is probably equally true, mm. which is to be a successful gambler, you need to have a complete disregard for money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think you can replace you can the go word reefer ways. again, yeah, man. Yeah. To be a successful reefer, you have to have a complete disregard for money. And there's uh, a certain level of it that, yeah, you know, I mean, you're gonna spend money on this. Uh, whether you take a cheap DIY on a mission path, uh, there's money to be spent. There's not only not only just like money, but like value of my own time too. Mm -hmm, I, yeah. That has a dollar amount to it. I just want a plug and play solution. I want to put it up and have it look sweet on the tank, in the tank. Uh, I'm not going to invest uh, the next 20, uh, uh, next 12 months of my life trying to figure you know, it out, figure out the, the you know, actual, be the person on the mission. So I think you can do this either way, mm -hmm. which is uh, you can have a complete disregard for money and uh, buy your way to the top of the problem. Uh, <laughs> you know, use the best available solutions out there and just plug them in the wall. Yeah. Uh, and then also, you can choose to do it uh, by being a reefer on a mission. Yep. Either way, and, and like I'd be curious to hear the the uh, comments after this one. Uh, all right. So, in that spirit, uh, uh, this, there's a second process here: is bet on that high percentage outcome. Everything can work once. We need to get it uh, get past that. So, in that spirit, uh, the number one or episode is it eighteen? Yep. Yeah. Today okay, wow. we're we're. Uh, we're on episode 18 already. I know. That's crazy. Right. 18. Today we're on episode 18 of 52 Weeks of Reefing. This one was called Aquarium Lighting Replicating the Sun Over the World's Reefs. And mm -hmm. we're doing this in a little box in our Midwest home or wherever you may be. All right. So the number one thing most of these corals need to, to survive is actually energy from the sun. Without that, no go. Uh, all right, so we're emulating that, and there is a core belief here. Uh, so this is the thing that guides us on almost all of our decisions here, which is there is a direct connection between the sun and the best performing 
performing artificial light sources. Yeah, there's a parallel. Um, yeah. yeah, these things tend to emulate each other. And you're going to see that by the end of today's uh, episode. It's, it's not just a light you plug in the wall, but what the sun does uh, and why these things are so closely interleaked. So uh, in that spirit, uh, what matters most? Uh, yes. Number one. This number is the one that is really hard for people to grasp. Ah, yeah. So the f first thing that matters most when it comes to replicating the sun over the world's reefs is that the sun is the primary light source. No, the sky. Like, or the, I'm sorry, the sky. I read that wrong. Yeah. The sky is the primary light source. So not that little burning ball of gas way millions of miles away. It's actually everything that uh, that light touches before it hits uh, the ground. So the atmosphere. Yeah, you know, and... And that's hard to, for people to grasp, to be honest, that mm. the sky is the light source. And, and ultimately, obviously, it's the sun that created the light to begin with. Right. But it's the sky, when it hits, the light hits the atmosphere, it uh, breaks up the light Diffuse. and diffuses it. And, and you can see it. From horizon to horizon, it's blue light, yeah. right? So there's yeah. blue light coming from every angle that is, you know, covering everything that you can see. It's mm -hmm. the reason that when I walk out, if the sun happens to be behind a tree, everything isn't pure black. Yeah. It's the reason why <laughs> the sky isn't pure black looking into inky space, yeah. you know? So it, what happens is the atmosphere breaks up that light and scatters it in all kinds of directions, basically everywhere, yeah. and just blankets the earth in light, yeah. right? So it is actually the primary source of light is the sky. Uh, there are two other forms of light though. Uh, one is off obviously very directional. It's when the sun comes out, it's not behind a cloud, it's in the middle of the sky. Straight uh, nothing is blocking it. Uh, yeah. It is a very, very, very powerful source <laughs> of light, right? Yeah, well, in even, like you said, like cloud cover or midday, early day, it doesn't matter if a cloud rolls through, you can still see. Yeah. Like an eclipse doesn't even stop the reflection of light uh, to 100% like dark. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, like this is one of those things too where, and when we started this hobby, you know, everybody thought we were trying to emulate the sun, try to find, you know, 2000 par or whatever, mm. right? And now what we know, you know, uh, from not only from finding out what works in a reef tank, uh, in commercial environments and the most uh, actual hobby environments, what WWC shares, what Dana Riddle shared in the wild, uh, using a PAM fluorometer, uh, getting the rates of photosynthesis, is we found that the corals actually photosynthesize uh, the fastest uh, in the morning and the afternoon. Where the par is about, you know, 200 to 350, maybe upwards of 500. Yeah, and where they're not getting directional sunlight pounding upon them. And in fact, when the sun is actually hitting them in midday, they're actually slowing down rates of photosynthesis intentionally and protecting themselves from mm. it. So while people are busy thinking like, oh, it's the sun, we're emulating the sun. It's not, man. It's the sky. And the sky is, like, if you think about the sun, too, it's so directional. You yeah. know, it's coming from this direction. It's going to hit only this side and everything else behind it is shadowed. I mean, everything you've ever seen about a shadow tells you it's shadowed behind <laughs> it, right? The reason that it might not be shadowed is because there's so much illumination coming from the sky mm. as well, uh, lighting everything. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard, to, it's, hard to not, it's hard to grasp that it's the sky. It's hard to grasp that it's the sun. But even when you get to not just like par and intensity and uh, things like, when you talk about spectrum, the spectrum that we see 
you know, here above water is different than what you'll see underwater. We're going to get to that too. So it's also uh, not surprising to see the historical like things that like reefing or if you've been around for a while pre-LED, uh, all the most successful paths pre-LED emulated not the sun, which is a single point of super bright light. It emulated mm. uh, a big gigantic light source, basically horizon to horizon, meaning it was a giant bank of T5s that covered the entire tank covering the tank from horizon to horizon, eliminating shadows from every direction. Yeah. Metal halides the same way. In most cases, the halides- Big giant reflector. Huge reflectors, you know, and like the reflector itself is the source of light that is two foot by two foot, you know? <laughs> uh, and so these things were giant and they were, you know, multiple on there intersecting and it lit the tank from horizon to horizon from a seemingly infinite mm. amount of angles. Whereas the sun uh, would have been just a, a single point of light. And in some ways the halide kind of behaved like both, which was it has that little point of light in the middle, the little bulb inside the bulb. Right. Uh, but most of the light's actually reflecting off like, the reflectors back down well in the over, tank. Well over half, 75% uh, of your light Probably comes from the uh, in that neighborhood. So you, when you see the historical standards, uh, they were emulating what you see in the wild too, or in nature which is the sky, big giant mm. like illumination, not 2000 par, but the type of par you'd see in the morning and the evenings mm. when the sun isn't bounding on it. I wonder how much of that was intentional uh, in the design of the T5 or the metal halide, like coming, coming at it from the approach of that mentality. Well, we didn't have any other options then. Yeah. Only if you wanted that kind of light, it was coming out of a fluorescent tube or a metal halide yeah, bulb. Yeah, yeah. And then the metal halide bulbs that were inside of little tiny reflectors created laser beams. Yeah. You know? Well, it made sense for T5s to be big because uh, I can get a T5 bulb in almost every length of the of the actual tank. So, you know, when I'm picking a, like for a six foot tank, when I'm picking a T5, why would I pick a 24 inch T5? I would pick, you know, the 60 something. The reason that I'm going to tell you for sure, it was just a happy accident that the T5s and stuff of the world existed. emulated this yeah. is because nobody designed the LEDs afterward to emulate that, uh -huh. right? They didn't go there to emulate the success there. With the understanding that you're yeah. trying to emulate the sky. Yeah, the yeah. first rounds of LEDs were actually super narrow, little laser beams trying to hit 2000 par on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. It actually went the exact opposite of what we know now. Uh, and so that's how I know that the T5s and the halides were largely an artifact of the technology that was available. It just yeah. happened to work out well. <laughs> uh, but, all right, shimmer lines are also a third type of light uh, that uh, comes out uh, in nature mm -hmm. and that we emulate in our tank as well. Uh, sometimes called glitter lines. Caustic also. lines, yeah. So, I mean, that's the iconic swimming under the ocean and you just see these big bands of wavy, you know, it almost looks like intense white light, but after, you know, get filtered by the ocean and everything, they're, uh, they're like a, a blue variation of the blue on that blue spectrum, but. They are uh, a but they hit a coral, much higher par. Like a hundred times or thousands of times a day, just by the shimmer, <laughs> yep. Yeah, the nature of it is it's flickering on the coral, essentially. It was uh, uh, 300 par, but now it's uh, you know 2,000 par, but just for a second, yeah, you know, like milliseconds, in, in fact. Yeah. 
And you know, we can. This is one that you can debate whether or not is beneficial to the coral or not. I don't know the answer to whether or not the shimmer is a, a part of a beneficial process for the coral. I will tell you that it is not necessary. No, I, I say that not necessary because I've seen. We already know it's not necessary. You've seen the success of T fives. Yeah, zero T shimmer. T vibes zero shimmer, <laughs> super even, sustained light yeah. without the shimmer, yeah, and you can produce some awesome tanks that way. Hundred percent. So, is it beneficial? Maybe we can debate that forever. But is it uh, required? No, no, definitely not. Okay, it does look good to the eye though. All three of those light sources, though, uh, a primary light source like the sky, a supporting light source like the sun, and I know it sounds uh, strange to say it that way, but uh, it's. It is true. It's this, the sky gets its light from the sun, but it, illum the, it illuminates the earth. Uh, the shimmer lines, all three of those things are a blended cohesive spectrum. Now, they're a little different. The sky is obviously illuminating blue spectrum, mm -hmm. where the sun is a more broad spectrum, uh, including you know yellow and orange. In infrared and uh, UV. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they're a different uh, spectrum, but they're all cohesive, meaning it isn't peaky. You know, it isn't yeah. like shooting little laser beams of red down. Uh, <laughs> you can't see, you know, red and green shoot all over the ground. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's all cohesive. Uh, and we should also note that water filter out, filters out spectrum. Yeah, this is that, like, when you, if you were to take your uh, our spectrometer or spectrometer out, point it at the sun or just straight up in the air outside, you'll get this full band all the way from the vi the violet or ultraviolet to the infrared. And you'll see this like wide, it, it's not like a peak in the blue and then a little bit of red. It's mostly, it's probably gonna be a band completely across that covers the whole thing. But once it touches water, the water and then the depths of the water start to filter it out, starting with the red end and working way towards the blues. In fact, it's even theorized that uh, the corals are able to uh, regulate photosynthesis based on the exposure to red. Meaning as the sun rises and it gets more and more, more, and more intense, red. more of the red light is going to make it through the water, especially corals that tend to grow closer to the surface of the water. Uh, the more the red light's gonna, and that may be actually the indication that it right. should try to slow down photosynthesis. Mm. Yeah. This is an experiment that I'd love to run. Yeah. But like, uh, that is one of the articles that I've read is that they're theorizing that that's actually the mechanism. Like the coral isn't capable of recognizing, like you know, intensity. Intensity of par, yeah. The amount of photons. It actually is a, a changes in the spectrum wavelengths. Yeah, spectrum wavelengths, the difference between the sky and the sun. Interesting. Uh, and then the intensity of the sun, uh, the amount of it that's making its way through. And then the deeper that you go in the water, the, mm. like very little of the red actually makes it through. And if you're mm. diving, you won't see red anywhere. Everything looks blue. It looks yeah. almost like a tank that you're taking pictures uh, of your tank with your phone without the little filters on it. It's just overtly blue. Yeah. That is the way it looks in nature. We try to apply it, and then you think about applying that that philosophy of the water filtering out the spectrum to our reef tanks. And you know, look behind us, this is like a 20-some inch tall tank. Uh, if we were to put the full daylight spectrum of the sun over this over this tank, uh, I don't think it's, an, it's not deep enough water, and it's not like a big enough body of water to actually do this in our own home. So we have to adjust for it and account for it which is why we see the blue tanks here. Yeah, so you, you use bluer lights in, in general. To, 
for that purpose yeah. in many cases yeah. because like six inch six inches of water isn't going to have not, the same not enough to filter. Yeah. All right, so that's what matters most, and I'll just kind of do a thirty second recap. What matters most uh, when you're thinking about it and uh, uh, in direct relation to the core belief, there's a, a direct connection between the sun and the best performing artificial light sources is the artificial light sources, best performing, will re respect the fact that the sky is the primary light source, will respect that the sun is uh, supportive uh, and uh, ocean flow, by the way, supports that really intense, like you know, getting rid of the oxidants and helping mm -hmm. to slow down the uh, photosynthesis. Shimmer lines may look cool, but uh, be more. And the three have a cohesive spectrum. So the hard lessons, though, that we've learned are significant in relation to replicating the sun over the world's reefs. Yeah. Hardest lesson uh, learned is that shadowing is the biggest setback our industry has faced. So uh, with the adoption of new technology, LED specific, we did, shadowing wasn't an issue before. When you have coast to coast, horizon to horizon light like a T5, big giant reflectors like uh, metal halides, soon as I start putting all that light in a form factor that doesn't spread it out into a big giant source of light, now we're talking about uh, if you were to eliminate the sky, uh, and only have the sun, there would be like this beam straight down, which means uh, I have shadows everywhere except for where that beam is shining down. And now when it comes to, uh, you know, a coral that can't, like a stick that can't move, it's just kind of stuck here and stuck to the whim of this single point of light going like this and maybe traveling. But in our case, the single point of light is straight down and everything around this and below it is now shadowed. I mean, I've even seen this in like forests where you go and there's certain trees that grow too fast that mm. are faster than the rest, like pine trees. Yeah. And there's nothing on the ground floor. Yeah. It's outshadowed everything down there. And the only thing that can survive is mm -hmm. the fastest growing organism. Yeah. Right. And you see this in tanks too, like the green slimer and uh, uh, big some, tabling uh, colonies and yeah, flows. They'll and all stuff. grow yeah. everything else and shadow, shadow them and kill them all down below unless you do something about it. Mm. Uh, and when I say, you know, the sky's horizon to horizon, it's not just left to right, it's 360, man. It's yeah. a globe, right? Yeah. The, it's illuminating the entire sky and sending this light back down. Okay, so shadowing now, in our case, think of it in a couple of different ways. One, like you can literally see it. I mean, we're creating these tiny little pucks of light and then, you know, they're really easy Everything to shadow. Put my hand here. in it and see the shadow beyond yeah. it. We're doing shadow tests now and the lights that we test and you can see that it shadows itself, it's inner workings. You can see it shadows the neighboring coral. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. There's no question. And the reality of it is if you shadow and half of the light doesn't make it because it's blocked, the coral's only getting half of the energy and it's super dependent on the other half now as well as flow to get the energy over there. Yeah. And if any of that ever doesn't work, man, that's when you're gonna start to see all the die off happen on that coral. That's where you're gonna see the die off on the base yeah. of the coral that's not getting any light. And so if you can get that horizon to horizon, in our case, even better in the glass box because the horizon to horizon is gonna bounce off the mm -hmm. glass and back in. And that's why you can actually see underneath corals and why in many cases here, we have corals that grow, that would look kind of like in the dark, but it's not in the dark, it's light reflected off. It's just not as bright as mm. the rest. But this is the, this was one of the biggest setbacks our industry has faced is because we didn't uh, not, not take into account the, the needs of that coral and the, like how the uh, shadows cause less growth in the shadowed areas and, or, or even death in the shadowed areas. So when LEDs hit the scene, 
and it was coupled with my more par, more better. Narrow lenses. Narrow lenses, laser beams into the tank. No wonder uh, a lot of people failed with these lights initially. Par wars made, let's get as focused as we possibly can down there. Luckily we're past that now, mm. but I'm gonna say this again because it's a hard lesson and we say it's the biggest setback our industry has faced. It's because we went from uh, a world where T5s and halides, lighting was not your problem. You will never have, lighting will never be the reason you didn't succeed yeah. uh, in that case. And so now, man, we imp implemented new technology uh, and I will say, it's just the way, the way I believe it, we implemented it wrong. Mm. And, and so, and, and when I say we, I mean the whole community implemented it wrong with yeah. a handful of exceptions, right? Yeah. The, the thought leaders out there, I guess. Or, so, ac or happy accidents. Or happy accidents as well, wow. yeah. And so, and, and also the reason, part of the reason is that is like you won't notice this effect when it's all tiny little frags. You'll mm -hmm. notice it when the corals grow out. And so when they're, you know, eight inch colonies is like the saddest part is you thought that you were on the right path. Oh man, look at this thing grow. Look at my little nubbin grow. It's got more nubbins. It's got three nubbins. It's got four nubbins. Yeah. And then and once then you get to a certain point, like a year later, it it's starts right, dying. Right where you want it to be its best is when it's actually, mm. you know, they're close to each other and it's really filling out all the color. That's when all the disaster starts to happen. And that's part of that conversation we had earlier, which is you have to, you know, Whatever journey you were on before is yeah. only measured by today. You have to evolve with the growth of your tank. Yeah, the skill set has to change. How you approach it has to change. Yeah. In this case, you can just choose to, you know, there's no harm in having 360 horizon or horizon lighting to begin with. Uh, and then the tank can just grow into it. You can add it later. You can. But you have to, reg re right, uh, you know, understand when that importance yeah, uh, yeah. will be there. Uh, another hard lesson is <laughs> features don't grow coral. I fell into that trap too. Yeah, phone apps. Uh, uh, disco mode, <laughs> yeah. cloud cover, uh, uh, storm mode, all of those cool fun features. Christmas mode, they, you know, they don't whatever. Grow, they don't grow corals. Yeah, none of that stuff grows coral. Uh, so. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I like features as much as anybody else does, features. Uh, but I'll pick gross coral uh, uh, over them every single time. So <laughs> uh, consider that when you're you know, thinking about this. Uh, I, we mentioned this earlier. Yeah. Another hard lesson is midday par is not the goal. Par wars. The, uh, like if somebody went out and said, all right, I'm going to build a light that emulates the sun uh, let's go out in the ocean, middle of the day. I mean, for me, it would just be, it would be, uh, uh, it just makes sense. It would be logical for me to go out and then like, all right, I'm gonna make something that emulates the sun. Let's go out in the reef in the middle of the day when the sun's at its most and take some par measurements and be like, all right, that's the goal. 1200 par, 2000 par. I can make a, I can make some uh, light that, em that emits 2000 par. Uh, Let's try it out. In a focus beam. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, midday par is not the goal. It's actually uh, mostly in the uh, uh, morning and afternoon. Yeah. Uh, okay, and another hard lesson is par is literally the easiest thing to get right. I mean, like at this <laughs> point, I can tell you confidently that a vast majority of LPS corals will thrive yeah. in 50 to 150 and SPS corals 200 to 350. I'll also tell you the high end of that is the most dangerous. The low end they'll tolerate for a really long time. Meaning so 
start on the low end mm. and work your way up, not the inverse. Yeah. Right? This is the easiest it's thing because so you can get easy. a par meter. You have a tool that will tell you exactly where to be. And it doesn't have to be, it's not a perfect science. I mean, I might, there's parts of this tank behind me that have like 500 right up here where the corals mm. grew up into it. But when there was a little nubbin down here on the rock, it was in that 250 to 350 zone. You just have to not be grossly off. And gro like we did an experiment where we tried to test all the pros here, whether yeah. or not they could see par and nobody could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't guess par. Can't do it by the eye. Par. They even know these lights. And one of the guys is actually the guy <coughs> that does all the lighting testing for us. He knows exactly how it was. And he was trying to use some intuitive thought and he messed a bunch mm. of these things up because you just can't guess these things. Your eye is not a tool for uh, micro you know, yeah. it just isn't. So uh, I will tell you too, you know, you can get a $200 par meter uh, nowadays, plug it in your computer. You can also just get a par meter from us, use it for two months return and it uh, return it for like a 10% restocking fee. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, you don't have to pay full price. Yeah, the, you know, you, can, <clears throat> you know, two months means that you could like use it yourself, tune the lights, give it to your buddy, turn the lights. And we're trying to make it easy here, by the way, if it's not apparent. Yeah. Uh, you know, two months means you can do anything you want with your lights and get them perfected. You could probably share it with three of your buddies, do that and send it back. And then you once know? you set it, you never have to touch it again. Yeah, then once it's set, dude, you'll never touch it. Send it back to us, pay the 10% restocking <laughs> fee, call it a day. Is it 10 or is it 20? I forget. Uh, I forget. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's not that much. Uh, <laughs> you can, it, we're designed to make it easy for you and not have to incur all that cost. Uh, all right, another uh, hard lesson is the pursuit. This is kind of like the features thing. Mm. The hard lesson here is the goal is actually to grow coral in the tank and keep them alive sustainably and have Thrive. them make them look awesome. Yeah. The pursuit of technology is not the goal. So when you're talking about uh, the next the, the next lighting technology, plasma versus instead yeah. of LED and or, things like that. Yeah, I mean, plasma came up many, many years ago. And yeah, yeah, it didn't do anything. It. You know, the, the nature of it is the, uh, you know, thought leaders and stuff all want to do new cool things, you know? Oh, yeah. And the reality is, is nobody wants to use old technology on anything yeah. in their hobby. Connect you know? it to your smart home and tell Alexa or Google to have it do something for you and this and that. And like what well, we just goes back to this other one, features don't grow coral. Yeah. But. Yeah, they do, man. Like uh, the pursuit of technology here is not the goal. It's use the avail the best available technology to produce the best available mm. result. And we're still we're still not all the way there either. Uh, there's still some progress on the table to to capture to build the uh, uh, to build a, a light that does what we matters what matters most up here. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> a we are today going to go through halides, T5s, LEDs, hybrids, all, all of the stuff mm -hmm. uh, to in the pursuit of that. But I'm going to tell you right now, I agree with you that nothing so far has 100% done this out of the box. Mm. Uh, and none of these, a lot of them are good for different things, but none of them do all the things that an average reefer would want out mm. of the box. Uh, so there's still room. There's still, still room still to room improve. improve. Uh, in fact, in the biggest thing I think if there's one takeaway in, in all of this uh, in episode 18 here, I would say it's shadowing is that biggest setback our industries face. The sooner that the community adopts that and accepts it, the sooner the manufacturers will start producing solutions for that because I'll be frank, man, most of them don't want to sell things that like they're afraid you're not going to buy. 
Yeah. And if, if shadowing isn't a concern for you, they're not going to make it. We have to have a world where like they're going to produce the things that like people buy because like you look at the Illumina, mm -hmm. you know, that was a big giant grid of LEDs over the tank. You know, I thought it looked slick actually in that aluminum form factor. Yeah. It's really low profile, but nobody bought it. So in you look at that from a manufacturer, like a, these businesses uh, go out of business if you don't buy it. <laughs> They're not going to take that risk. We actually have to say as a community, we want certain things. Otherwise, they won't make them. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we got down aquarium lighting, replacing the sun over the world reef, the basics of what we're trying to achieve here. What's next? 